Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And for some reason, in the middle of the damn Droughtlander, I am your host, Joe. <laughs> We're here today to talk about a lot of things, but also to talk about... We're going back to recapping. That's right. And we're going to talk about episode 108, entitled Both Sides Now. And this is a really nice ode to the Outlander that I loved. Because because Outlander is ending. It is ending. It is. having an eighth and final season. And I'm ready for it. Uh, Yeah. And I I think Katrina Balfe is ready for it. And I think Sam Hewen is ready for it. And I think anyone that enjoys good television is also probably ready for it. I know in our hearts we all love what we know Outlander could have been, but the past few seasons have kind of broken my heart. Oh, the, definitely. The I was going to say the casting of Roger, but that's not even true, like cuz the casting is wonderful, but the the writing of the character of Roger McKenzie has broken my heart. It has hurt you deeply. No one wants like there's so many cool things that we I know his char- happens to his character in the future books, which obviously they're not going to cover because we've got 16 more episodes mm-hmm. or maybe 10 more episodes. I don't know, but we're never going to see his time traveling storylines, and it's because no one wants to see a misogynistic, sexist, religious, not great kind of whiny character do cool time travel stuff, right? Like. It's they've, true. They've destroyed, they've destroyed the character of Roger McKenzie. Whoops, this seems like a little bit of just a big complaint. <laughs> yeah, just a big complaint bomb. Um, that's all right. Welcome well, then, to Complainland. And then they cast, yeah. and then they cast Sophie Skelton for Brianna. So those two characters, like, it's done. It's over. Yeah, no, I mean, Loinies, step aside with me for a second. Do you remember the good old days when I used to be the one that complained about it and Megan was like, I love this show. And now we've done a switch. And that it well, not a switch, sorry. She's just come over to the dark side. But what that means is it's probably time to hang it up, Loinlander. Outlander, whatever, Lander. I mean, we'll hang up Loinlander when they hang Sadly. up when they hang up on Outlander. I mean, but they're... this is this is gonna be great because we're here to talk about a time when Outlander was still magical and still special and really exciting. So I am I'm happy that we're doing this podcast. I'm happy that we're going to recap both sides now. Yeah. And um, by popular demand. By popular demand. So I just want to go out and I just want to say uh, we have a core group of loyal listeners and we love you all. And um, we we got a lot of emails and messages asking for more recaps in this dreaded Droughtlander. And uh, this would not have happened. Uh, without that so so thank you very much we really do appreciate it and uh honestly when we go through the list and we see all the different places and countries if you can freaking believe it that people have actually listened to this podcast it blows our damn minds so thank you so much we really appreciate it yeah and i appreciate the emails too because it means that i can watch season one of outlander (laughs) and then talk about it because this was really when i fell in love with the show and this is what was this was the reason that i wanted to do a podcast and um you know make my husband watch it and talk about it and you know talk about it with other people and other fans so let's get into it all right enough waxing the title card is an old map and a new map and I just want to say I love it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, a, 
It's on a, point with the title? Yeah. Yeah. Both sides now. Um, this was written for television by Ronald D. Moore. So, uh, guys, uh, we're in a safe a name, place. A name you know we love. Yeah, and we're in a really safe place. And it was directed by Anna Forrester, who also directed The Wedding, which, I mean, that episode was so beautifully directed. And I feel like she acted like the um, intimacy coordinator before intimacy coordinators were popular. Cool. Like, Outlander was basically setting records and was... I remember them talking about how they coordinated all those different sex scenes like like a dance mm-hmm. when they were fully dressed so that both of them knew like my arm my arm goes here my leg goes here and then and she like the three of them the director Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen all coordinated all these sex scenes well that's what intimacy coordinators do and Ahead of their Bridgerton time. got all of this fame and all of this praise for hiring intimacy coordinators for great sex scenes for sure but like Guys, Outlander did it first. Yeah, well, maybe they did. Maybe who knows? Maybe someone else did it slightly before, but they they did no, it. it so, was no, the, they were the first. It was My the, mistake. Yeah. Outlander was definitely the first. <laughs> so that's the director. Story. So we've got Ronald D. Moore writing this, and we've got the director Anna Forrester, and we know she's good. So we're ready. I was ready for sure. Yeah. So it begins with. And it's, it's hard for Joe and me because we haven't watched the first seven episodes in months and months and months. But what I reminded him, because they show a flashback or a flash forward, I guess. We're back in the 1940s. Um, and it's the first time we've actually seen. It's our first Frank back. Yeah, that's what you call it. It's mm-hmm. our first Frank back. Um, we've been in old timey Scotland ever since she fell through the stones. And this is our first Frank back. And it's significant to note that this was Ronald D. Moore. Right. He was the one that was like, the reason why the story is compelling is because she's torn. Right. Like, let's remind people about what she left behind. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just going to stop you there for a sec and say that. And we will cover this later on in the podcast. She doesn't seem all that torn. She's distracted. Her bodice is torn. She's... But that's about it. <laughs> that's very clever. Thank you. She's distracted. Yeah. Okay. Distracted. She is. By that D. Anyway, she's um, distracted, <laughs> but she is torn. Yeah. Okay. Right. So they're in the police station, and you hear one of them say to the other, "He's mm-hmm. back." Just right. like poor Frank, right? And Frank is mad, and I got so excited as soon as Tobias Menzies started talking about how his expectations were nothing, and he was still disappointed. Like, how incredible is it to have him on screen annoyed? He's a gem. He is such a gem. So um, that was really thrilling. And it starts with my wife. Or no, it ends with him yelling, my wife is not with another man. And then it cuts to Claire and Jamie. With each other. I would just, sorry, sorry. I just want to go back because in that scene, I thought it was really interesting. One interesting part about this show is how um, it seems like in the early seasons, um... And in the books, too, probably, I don't know. They they were just, I love that they do that Jamie setup. And then they even, like, kept it going with, like, the wanted poster of yeah. obviously Jamie wearing the, the Tam hat mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, they never went back to it ever again. In fact, they've established that Jamie cannot travel through time. Like, like they just set up this thing and they put it out there and then just, it just never was a thing ever again right I, I i like 
I love um, their, like, GFY attitude on that plot line. Well, it's definitely a thing. And Diana Gabaldon is very aware that it's a thing. So, of course, one of the main concerns and the fact that they're cutting the series short and they're ending the series before she's completed her novels because she's ending Jamie and Claire's story in book 10 and she's writing it right now. So everyone's like, are we ever going to know what, what that was about? Mm-hmm. Are we? I mean, there's so many different theories. My least favorite theory is, remember when Jamie got bitten by the snake? No. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then she has to jerk him back to life. I forgot about the so, jerk him back to life. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all of these repressed memories just come <laughs> screaming back. So there's a theory that because of the snake bite, he was temporarily dead. And his ghost went back to Claire during that time period. That is a theory as but then she brought him back the to show life is that time. by jerking him off, and he came back to life. Literally. Um, oh! Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just so we'll have to see what happens there. We'll have to see what happens. There's no intelligent way that they can write a plausible reason for that to have happened at this point. Well, I know that um, Sam Hewen knows. Sam Hewen knows how the story ends, and he knows the secret of that as well. Because when he was cast, Diana Gabaldon told him. Okay, great. So I think, I mean, surely they're gonna they're gonna tell us what that was all. It'll about. be so stupid, guys. It's you not just gonna wait. be stupid as long as it's not the snake bite. I'm fine. It's gonna be so. I'm stupid. fine with it. We don't anyway. know. Maybe it'll be really cool. We don't know. So Frank slams his fist down on the table and screams my wife is not with another man cut to jamie and claire on a beautiful hill in scotland special love time travel love strongly with each other they're strongly with each other seven weeks it's been it's been seven weeks seven weeks (laughs) yeah that was something you noted in the police station it's been seven weeks Yeah. yeah they've been together well no i guess claire and jamie haven't been together there's like food in our fridge older than that i really try hard to clean that refrigerator yeah but like still then an arrow is shot and it's hugh an old friend of jamie's he sits down he's explaining he has really good news there's a price on jamie's head but there's a man horrocks who has been a witness and he can say that what they claimed jamie did he didn't do i mean it's it's all dodgy and it's all done through sign language and you were annoyed that jamie was doing sign language because you're like he doesn't yeah. have a tongue he doesn't have a tongue i think he's just he being hear. respectful i think I they just so. talk like that maybe yeah okay then we go back to frank and he is talking to reverend wakefield and i love this scene not just because tobias manzies is in it but this is such a good scene like a little roger yeah, you get a glimpse, our first glimpse of little Roger, but also let's just talk about this wonderful man, Reverend Wakefield, mm-hmm. who has set up a, a, a board Oh yeah, no, with he's, his theory. Yeah, he's full tinfoil hat in it. And he says she falls and slips and she just survives off fish and frogs. In a cave, in a cave. for seven weeks. And Frank says out loud, Fish and frogs. Fish and frogs. And uh, Reverend Wakefield is like, well, she's very clever. She's a very intelligent woman and she's going to survive. And you can just see Frank like he's spiraling, right? He's like, I am in some real trouble here. Like the police aren't helping me. I don't think Claire is coming back. And this very kind Reverend, I've overstayed my welcome, clearly. Yeah. And he's trying, but he does. It's not fish and frogs. Frank knows that for sure. 
I don't know what in throughout this episode what Frank or the character of Frank was supposed to have thought. Like, did he like? Obviously, he wasn't buying into the whole my wife is with another person of any time. Um, I don't think he thought she was dead. I think he probably at first thought she was dead, but yeah. that's what the police officer was saying to him. We haven't found a body, so we know she's not dead. There was no indication in the car that she left with a struggle. So, But if he thought she was dead, I don't know that he would be so adamant about trying to find people and things. You know, like... I mean, unless he was trying to find her killer. I don't know. Anyway, that's I think it's a little I think he's worried she's with someone. But doesn't want to admit it. I think he doesn't want to admit it, but I think that's his fear. Well, that's a good fear. So yeah, we have our little we have an introduction to Roger. L- little Roger, which I'm sure when we watched this the first time many moons ago, you were like, That's little Roger and I had no idea what you were even I was talking so about. So excited yeah. for what was to come. I'm like, wait till you meet the character of Roger. He's very special. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so Frank goes out to have a drink. Yeah. Right? Reverend Wakefield's like, would you like some tea? And he's like, so I need something stronger than that. Of you. And then there's this weird scene with Sally. So this, you should know, all of this, all of the Frank facts, that's Ronald D. Moore coming so, up with what he thought would have been going on with so Frank. So none of this Frank stuff was in the book at all. None of it. No, Diana Gabaldon was not at all interested in Frank. Ronald D. Moore. Much like Claire. Claire is interested in Frank. I mean, she is distracted. Seriously. Jamie is distracting. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, go on. Um so we see Frank go to a bar. Yeah. And then this woman Sally comes up to him. Mm-hmm. I really like Sally. You know, in another in another <laughs> story, maybe Frank and Sally could I, well, because didn't he hook up with a Sally of sorts later on? No. But it looked very similar to that girl. I actually was wondering if it was that girl. It no, wasn't, obviously. No, no, no. It, it didn't turn out for Frank and Sally. No. As it, yeah, no. Frank had no, he had zero interest in Sally. He was not in romantically interested in Sally no. at all. But he did, you'll note, because she's like, I know where this man is. Mm-hmm. And he said, is my wife with him? Yeah. She's like, I don't know, but bring the reward in the dark in the middle of the night. He's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, I'll take you to him. And then we go back to Jamie and Claire. And it's the evening. Well, it's not just Jamie and Claire. It's Jamie and Claire and the clan. We've got Murdy. We've got Dougal. We've got Rupert. I know. With his eyebrows. Rupert. And um, Ned, your boy Ned was there. Oh, Ned Gowan. Ned Gowan, Angus, I Willie, all of them. I love all of them. And it was so nice. And they were all sitting around and Rupert was just telling a story. And um, I thought this was such a cool scene. Like Jamie yeah. and Claire, everyone is kind of doing their own thing. Dougal is like grumpily just sitting there. But all of them realize at the same time that they're about to be attacked. Mm-hmm. And none of them talk to each other no, they're super cool warriors. they're all cool jamie keeps canoodling with claire yeah. whispering to her we all know yeah. just stay here everyone's aware when i say go you run for that yeah. damn and log. rupert just keeps on like with his beautiful voice telling the most boring story ever he's gonna put the thieves to, but you can see he's like reaching for his yep dirk yep dirk and um and then they they scream run claire yeah, or Jamie, 
Yeah, she does. She runs. She runs. Like it's the she's... first time in this whole show Claire has ever done something <laughs> that someone told her to do. She ducks behind ever. a bush. And the last, I think. They have a fight scene. Yeah. It's a great scene. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's nice, too, to be back with all of those Scottish guys because you're like, well, Dougal's got, Dougal's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Rupert's going to be fine. But then it ends because Dougal's about to be, like, very badly hurt. And Ned gets out a gun and shoots the guy. Yeah, and it scares all the thieves away. Right. Ned was quite proud of himself. He was. He says, did you see that shot? It was 20 paces if it was one. He's so proud like he's giggly about it it's a very very great scene and then they all start laughing they've lost some things like a horse but that's it they didn't Mm -hmm. lose the money meanwhile well do you have anything else to say about that scene i mean the one thing that i thought was kind of weird about this is something that's like neither here nor there but i'm like they just start going around and laughing and then like walking around but like it wasn't that area now just like riddled with corpses like what do they do with all those dead bodies like Ned Gowan just shot a dude point blank. Like do they just like keep eating their snacks, go to bed and get up? Like, like what do, what do they when you have a big like Highlander fight like that? Like, I don't know. I have to go back and watch it, but I would say minimum three guys died in that fight. And like, what do you do with those corpses? You just put them over off to the side. You just in put the them. Over, you just put yeah. them over to the side. Throw like a spruce bow on them, and you're good to go. I think so. That's huh. yeah. That's what I would that's, do. That's what I was wondering. I mean, how does how do you what do you do in that situation? Don't know. They do know what to do, though. It's, yeah, that's not their first rodeo. No, right? no, they were quite jovial about it. Meanwhile, Frank shows up to that back yeah. alley. And back alley Sally. Back alley Sally. That's, right. that's very clever. She came up with that. And, <laughs> and um, he shows a, a little shade of blackjack here. He gets real pissed off. Uh, he, he, was, realized he was right. He, he had a, he had, it's called a sap. Yeah, what was that? They're like, it's like a little. Uh, they're like an old old timey thing. It's like a little sort of like a leather bag, and it's filled with usually like ball bearings or pellets, and you you use it to like beat people up. He had it. He was ready. He knew he knew there was an attack coming. He wasn't uh, he wasn't that drunk. So, but he he had to check it out anyway. And yeah, so he uh, kicks the living crap out of the two guys, and then he like yeah he like throat chokes back alley Sally. Yeah. And. Uh, and he looks like, he's yeah, like, he, do you actually have any information? And she says no. Yeah. And then he, he books it. But yeah, there was there was definitely the, the bloodlines of Blackjack shining The through. difference, of course, is he stopped. Right. Right? Right. Blackjack would have just choked her. Probably. Then you can tell he's obviously, he's obviously confided in Reverend Wakefield because Reverend Wakefield's like, everyone has some evil and, you know, you're okay. Mm-hmm. It happens to everyone. He, but Reverend Wakefield says to him, go back to Oxford and start your life over. Yeah. Let her go just as she has let you go. That's what he says. Oh, which is a burn. That's a kick in the dick. And then, and you can tell Frank is still struggling and he says to him, have you ever read Sherlock Holmes? When you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however impro- improbable, must be the truth. Now, that's ironic because however improbable must be the truth. They dismissed the improbable when Mrs. Graham right, brings tr- it up. That's true, actually. So that's his quote. When you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And yeah. they both agree. But then the next chance they get to actually acknowledge the improbable yeah. as they, truth, they don't true. They don't yeah. go with. They brush her right off. So speaking of Claire, mm-hmm. the next scene, she and Jamie, it's the next day. And they found a little area 
And as yeah. you said, look at her missing Frank so much. Oh, she's just torn. She, she's just like, she's she is, so devastated. She's still distracted. <laughs> she's so, she's so devastated that she just has to just lie there and so just see she, what happens. Well, she's not just lying there. She's it's actually a really sweet scene. They're yeah. like giggling and laughing. She's kind of making fun of him. Um, and you were like, what's wrong? Yeah, it was a weird interaction. He's like, is it? I don't even understand what he was talking about. It's oh, like, he was just, I mean, he's just babbling happily about. Right. He's like, I feel like God himself when I'm inside yeah, you. Like, and, Every time I see you, I get a boner or something like that. Like, I, I can't mean, remember. Like, they're just, they're just having some fun with each other, right? They're yeah. like newlyweds. Yeah. He's, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see Jamie in this context after having watched all these other episodes where now Jamie is the king of men, right? In season four and five and six, he's the king of men. Everyone Mm -hmm. follows him around. Everyone listens when he talks. He towers over everyone. But in this first season, Jamie was just one of the guys. And he was lower on the totem pole. And he had a price on his head. And the only reason why she ends up marrying him is... Because Dougal tells them both to do it, right? Yeah. So it's interesting going back to this Jamie, where he's just like, he's very young. He's pretty excited to have a girlfriend yeah. or have a wife. Yeah. You know, he's like having sex and really feeling giggly about it. Like, he's a very different, this is a very different Jamie right. than the one we've been watching, who always has a furrow brow mm. and is very serious in sex. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's true. So they're having just a great time. Unfortunately, um, two people come up. They're red. They're not red coats, but they're They're deserters. They're deserters, and um, you know, immediately you're like, "Oh, I forgot that in the first season, every other scene, Claire is about to get raped." And it's true. Like, yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's it's. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's what it was like back then. And Jesus, I hope not. But yeah, it's like every non-good guy character just tries to rape Claire every time. I know. It's not funny. I don't know why It's I not laughed. funny, but it's, it's like... It's just, it is a lot. So, and I think she does actually get raped here, which is something that I don't yeah, I know. Yeah, I wasn't that, sure I'm if like, there was... Is, is he in or is he like almost? And then she stabs him yeah. with the... Oh, and, yeah, we somehow missed the yeah, we like, missed that. knife tutorial. Yeah, the knife tutorial, which yeah. was really cute. That was a great scene. That was one of my favorite scenes, actually. Oh, was it I really? forgot that we had already missed it. Yeah, so Ned gives her a little knife. And then Rupert does this whole thing where he teaches her, like, self-defense. No, it's, it's not Myrta. It's Angus. No, sorry, Angus. That's yeah, right. But, uh, but Rupert does an old-fashioned, uh, that's what she said joke. Oh, when, yeah. When she brings <laughs> up it's so long and heavy, he's like, that's what the ladies say. Like, <laughs> and then no one responded. He just kind of, like, groaned and walked away. But you laughed out loud when he said that. It was, You're like, from the office. It was, like, Michael Scott in <laughs> Scotland. Michael Scotland. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Stop me. Um... But yeah, like it was, and also another thing that I found interesting is I forgot after watching later Outlander seasons, because, you know, Rupert's teaching her like, okay, you know, you don't want to go here because you'll hit the, the, what was it, like the sternum or the Mm -hmm. collarbone or Mm -hmm. whatever. I can't remember what he said. Oh yeah, and then go between the ribs and the the ribs. And and I'm like, well, Claire would know all that shit more than Angus would. But then I forgot, and you point out, she's not a doctor yet. Not yet. Like, nope. she was a nurse, so yep. she obviously had, you know, probably quite a bit of medical knowledge. And I'm sure she probably knew where the kidneys were and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. 
But um, she wasn't a surgeon. Surgeon Claire would have had like supreme confidence and would have spoken down to anyone who tried to tell her anything about anatomy. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. was, but that was a, a great scene. Claire. It was a fun scene. And she uses the knowledge from that scene yeah. to stab the guy who I don't know if he's raping her or if he's trying to, but she stabs him. Close enough. Yeah. And then Jamie. She does the shit out of him too. She doesn't it's just not like one poke and done, I think. No, it's twice. Into and then the other guy is so stunned that it gives Jamie a chance to like slit his throat. Yeah. Little King of Men preview. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, well, and then you just see Jamie from Claire's perspective, like everything's blurry and Jamie like picks her up and carries her to the top of the hill. Yeah. And then we go back to, then we have another Frank back. Yes. Miss Graham tells Frank about the stories because she's mad at Reverend Wakefield and Frank can hear them, right? Frank's packing right. up, he's depressed, and then eventually he just comes and stands in the kitchen and they look over and he's like, it's an old house. Yeah. Like he's, I can hear that you're talking about me. Right. And so she sits down and she tells him the stories of the people who travel through the stones at Craig Nadoon. For certain people on certain days, she says it allows them to pierce the veil of time. And you can just see Frank yeah, like turtling. I mean, in 19-whatever, 48 or whatever year that it's supposed to yeah. be, 46, um, like that would have been absolutely bonkers. I mean, it's still, unlike in 2023. No, but, but people nowadays at least have science fiction and stuff to like make, you know, like plausible yeah. connections. And, you know, then it would have been so bonkers. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. And so, he looks at her that way. I know. He does look at her like she's bonkers and he gets up and starts walking away and he's like, I'm leaving. Like I'm heading home. And she's like, did you not hear what I said? And he's like, he's so sweet. Like. Frank has such a bad rep, but he is so sweet. He's like, I did hear you. I simply do not share your beliefs. Forgive me. That's what he says. Yeah. How nice is that? That is such a nice way to be like, you crazy because you're talking about time travel. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, he's so sweet. Then we go back to Claire and she's pacing in shock. She's walking around with half her corset just wide open. Yeah. And it's actually a really cool scene. Like, she's at the top of the hill. Remember I said to you, I'm like, look at that. That looks like a picture. Like, oh, I would frame that. Yeah, I mean, there was, that was another thing that I, I, you know, I always forget about is that the the cinematography in, in season one, maybe season two, too, I skipped most of it, but in season one for sure is just light years ahead of, of the, the later seasons, like, some of the shots that they show and, and do, it's like the shot composition and like even just the little things like how in the the flashback, in the Frankbacks, everything has like a sepia tone mm -hmm. to it. And then in Scotland, everything's like super rich and colorful. Like there's just so much more, um, you know, thought really, I guess is well, the Well, and that was Ronald D. Moore. He did that yeah. on purpose because he wanted her life in Scotland to feel almost more real. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but the, there's just also just so much more just put into the visual I know. Uh, aesthetic of the I show. Know. You know, like it's, it's yeah, there, there's so many reasons why. I'd forgotten reasons why that, why the show had declined. Uh, you know, I thought, it, I thought it was just the crap writing. Turns out there's still some crap writing in season one for sure, but uh, visually, Way stronger. Way stronger. And you know what? That the scene where when Jamie first sets her down, when he takes her up to the top of the hill and they're talking, everything he's saying is so important because it all comes back later on in the next episode 
Um, but I don't know if you remember. What was but he saying? I can't remember. He was like, my fault. It was my fault. Like, I'm so sorry. My fault. Like, yeah. he takes responsibility. And it's true. He's like, I don't know what I was thinking. I just took you out. I had I, my back. I know what he was like, thinking. At le- <laughs> like, at least put her on top, right? So you can, like, keep your eye, like, right. around. But he was like, that was my fault. So then Dougal and all of the other men come up and they say, we heard a shot. Are you okay? And Jamie goes down and he's wiping the blood off the, off his, off her dagger, I guess. And they're tidying everything up. Right. And that's when Dougal says to Jamie, your idea of going to Horrocks, it's stupid. Like, it's a trap. Obviously, it's a trap. You can't go. Yeah. And then Murta says. Well, because he's a deserter like these clowns were. So Exactly. Yeah. And Murta says. You, you can go, we'll go with you. It's like, Murta, like, he has such few lines, but he's so consistently there for Jamie and protecting him against Dougal. Yeah. Or I mean, anyone. I mean, I think it's safe to say by now that Murta is my favorite character on the show. And is that was that his only line, by the way? In the episode? Yeah, he had a couple, like, cockeyed glances during the fight scene yeah yeah i think he said because dougal's like this is stupid it's dangerous and Murta says it is dangerous and we'll go with you yeah so then they're on the they're all riding away towards horrocks and jamie turns to claire and says um you're gonna stay behind with willie this is too dangerous and i don't want to put you in danger again so you stay here and promise me claire that you'll be here when i get back and Claire's annoyed. Like, she's mad. Mm-hmm. And he thinks she's mad at him because she blames him for what happened. But what she admits is she's mad at herself. She's like, what have I been doing? Like, I just almost got, or maybe did get raped because I'm all distracted by this, like, good-looking redhead. Like, I, I have to go home. Yeah. Like, how did I get to a place where I'm just, like, having sex on a hill instead of non-stop trying to get back to my husband and my life? Right. Like, that's why she's mad. Should be. It, it, it makes sense. So Jamie rides away with Myrta and Dougal, Rupert, Angus, all the guys, except Willie. Claire's left behind with Willie. Another Frank back. And he is driving away. He's leaving Reverend Wakefield's. Yeah. Which must be so strange for him, right? Because we saw him and Claire in the pilot driving up together. So for him to just be driving away home alone right as reverend wakefield said start a new life like what like what is he thinking and it shows his ring as he's driving and then he drives past the sign for craig nadoon and he stops yeah and he's just sitting there and he's waiting and he's waiting and a motorcycle drives by and i said to you i'm like look at that that looks like that could be claire and ghost jamie Mm -hmm. right if you're frank you would kind of see it that way so it's like two different options did she go off with that man or did she go to Craig Nadoon? And then, good old Frank, he puts the car into reverse and he drives up to Craig Nadoon one more time. Right. Because you know... I just want to say the motorcycle thing, again, like that's the sort of clever visual metaphor that we would never see in current Outlander. Like they would never do something like that. They would never do it. No. no. And that's subtle too, right? That's yeah. only for the astute viewer like mm, you and I. The eagle-eyed watcher. Go ahead. Sorry. So Frank goes to Craig Nadoon, and I love this scene because meanwhile they show Claire and she realizes in her distraction what she hadn't known before, which is she's back to where it all started. Right. She is right at 
Craig Nadoon. She can see it. So it shows Frank kind of like sadly wandering around and then you just see her like running towards it. This is one of my all-time favorite scenes of the series. What? Of the series. Claire and Frank trying to unite at the stones. Now, you know if she can get to them, she would go through the stones and be with Frank. It's done. Right. She probably wouldn't have even looked back, or maybe she would have, because she already is pretty into Jamie, but not as into him. He was into her. Okay. So. Not that long ago. Tobias Menzies, he's crying, and then he screams her name in frustration. And she can hear him Mm -hmm. through the stone. So she screams his name and runs towards him. And I love that they, it's unclear whether he can hear her or not. He has a moment where he kind of looks up and it's like, can he hear her too? But then there's birds. And it's like, if you're Frank, you'd believe it was just the birds, right? And that you're going crazy. It was for sure her though. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was close enough to the stones that he could hear her. Yeah. And then she goes to put her hands up to the stones and her arm, her wrists are grabbed by red coats. We don't even see that part because it just goes the hands and then it fades to black. No, you do see her. She's like screaming. But then, they, being... then when they come back, they're pulling her oh, away from the right. stone. Oh, right. They're pulling her away. And then... So they, they do that nice way. It's like, <gasps> is she sucked through the stones? No. And then they do that really cool scene, which you pointed out, they all would have had to been like Tobias Menzies and Katrina Balfe and the two men that were holding her would have all been together and they're walking down the hill. Yeah. So they start with Claire and the soldiers going down the hill and then they pan the camera over to Frank Frank as he's walking. And I love, again, visual cue, how they, how as it goes, the color grade of the shot slowly changes from that vibrant color to a sepia tone by the time it lands on frank um just just another little piece of visual beauty there from yeah. outlander but he's right there so, so claire close. yeah they're so <sighs> close so claire has she knows that she's being taken to blackjack mm-hmm. she has some time and she plots out what she's going to say and what she's going to do so when she arrives and you see blackjack she's um she's very very prepared right she's like thought back about conversations mm-hmm. that she overheard frank and reverend wakefield talking about she's got the duke of sandringham right in her head like she's ready so she's sitting there and she's like leaning back and um they're talking about how you know how now she's how now she's scottish because she married a scot and he's suspicious like why was that so important to them she makes some comment about being sentimental mm-hmm. and he says i doubt you have a sentimental bone in your body and you said she had a scottish one in just a few moments ago <laughs> i think i did say remember that, that yes. mature comment i that do you remember made? that claire then does bring up the duke of sandringham and she is acting the shit out of this scene hey she's mm. so cocky she's so clever she's so confident and she knows because she can tell by his reaction mm-hmm. that she's like she's hit something she's, she's hit something for sure and i love that she goes up to him and she starts like straightening his yeah dirty necktie yeah um no this is cocky claire this is cocky claire and she's good and yeah. he's about to let her go she's holding her jacket yeah. and she's walking out and he tricks her by bringing up the duchess mm-hmm. 
and you can see on her face she starts getting like she's answering the questions and he's like the duchess and she goes that's who we're talking about right and she's still trying to keep up the cockiness but she's mm-hmm. such an amazing actress because you can see she's like i think i'm I've, fucked <laughs> i think i've answered one too many questions yeah, here yeah and um it turns out she had she had she opens the door and that little guy was just sitting there and you can tell he feels bad but he puts her back in the yeah room he knows it's not gonna end well and then we're in another rape scene. Mm-hmm. Two rapes in one episode. That's right. And God, Katrina Volf, like, she did not have a lot of agency, hey? Like, now she never, there's no nudity for yeah. her. Because she's like, I'm uncomfortable doing that. I don't want to. They're like, okay, no problem. Back then, though, oh my God. Like, every other scene, you could see her boobs. Yeah, or butt. I know. Yeah. So, it's a really gross scene. And he's just about to, like, cut, cut her, her nipple, nipple off or something like that? I don't know. And like, Jamie comes to the window da, da, and he da, says... I'll... I magically knew what window you're at, so I'm swinging through you to save you, Sassanak. Something like that? Isn't that what he said? Something like that. Something no, like... he says, I'll thank you for taking your hands yeah. off my wife. That's what it was. And you were like, what? How did he know? And it's like, well, they show in the next episode mm-hmm. his journey. Right. And do you remember when the little guy that feels bad first closes the door claire screams really loudly like help somebody help me yes jamie hears that okay so that's how he kind of knows where she's at like which floor of the giant castle well he's already scaling the castle he's close he's close Mm -hmm. okay that's the the castle have you ever scaled the castle so you don't know maybe it's easy (laughs) (laughs) touche For those of you that have watched The Great. Okay. So, MVP. MVP would be, I mean, it's all the Tobias Menzies. He's like, he carries the show at this stage. He is... Katrina Balf is really good. She's good, but like he is... They did a really, really smart thing bringing in Tobias Menzies. Or, it. I mean, not even Tobias Menzies. He is amazing. By bringing in an actor as strong as Tobias Menzies. I know. To be both Frank and uh, Blackjack Randall. Because if it was just, if it had just been Claire and Jamie, and then just like some rando as Blackjack, um, it would, the show probably would not have got past the first season. Like it is, he, he really does carry the show at this stage on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Katrina Ball, she was pretty good from the start, but she really comes into her own. And, you know, it was a bit of a longer journey for Sam Hewen. But, I mean, he's, he's definitely... He's good in these scenes. He's really good. I mean, yeah, like, he's... But, but he couldn't carry a show. Like, Tobias Menzies carries every scene he's in. He is magnetic on the screen. He is magnetic on the you screen, know, that's and, true. And fucking terrifying. Like, he is one of the most terrifying, like, even when, like, you said he was being so sweet to the, what's her name? The Reverend Wakefield's helper there? Mrs. Graham? Mrs. Graham. Like, even when he was being, quote, unquote, nice to her, he was still, like, terrifying. Like, he is just, like, he is, like, resting terrifying face. He has a line in this episode that I skipped over because I actually the scenes between him and Katrina Balf are so amazing and she says something like I know that you get so amused by or you flog people for amusement and he gets this like twisted look and he was like 
on the contrary, I take flogging as a very serious matter. And I'm like, oh my God, you're such a psychopath. Yeah. Like you are such a psychopath. You believe it. You believe that shit. Oh, I know. He's so creepy. Yeah. Okay. So he's your MVP? Yeah. Yeah, mine too. What would you give this episode out of 100? Oh, um, I mean, what's the scale? Like compared to... No, just out of 100, what would you give it? Oh, I don't know. You have such um, a hard time answering this question straight. It's a hard question. 35. No. You could see Megan's look right now. Like, what are you thinking? If looks could kill. 35? You have given episodes in season 4 and season 5 higher than that. No, I have not. 100% you have. You 30, need to... 36. Okay. You're crazy. Okay. What are you giving this out of 100? I mean, I don't know. I'll rate it for you. You would give this episode 80. No, I would not. I think you would. Okay. Okay. And I give it... 144. No, I give it 98. Oh, wow. Really? I give it 98. Wow. What? Where did it lose its two it points? It lost its two points from the rape scenes. It's too much. One, one per? One point per rape scene? Is <laughs> two that our... rape scenes in one episode means you lose two points. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. What would you give it out of 100 for real? I mean, it, like I said, it's hard to judge because... It's like, would I ever generally, so on a, on a, on a one to 100 scale or a one to 10 scale, anything over a five, I would watch again. And I would at 50. Well, in this case of 50. Yeah. I would watch again. And it's like, I would have no interest in never watching this show again if it wasn't for you. And that's not just because like, I don't like Outlander or whatever. Like, it's like, whatever. It's like, there's, it was a bit of a throwaway episode yeah, for me. Like, you know, there was some interesting, you know, parallels and that sort of stuff but whatever it was fine so it was it, it gets whatever score would make it a fine uh 46 how about that okay I'll i wouldn't watch that. it again but it was fine what was the best scene for you the best scene for me was the um was the angus uh, stabby tutorial mm-hmm. I, it was just it was where i think outlander was at its best where it was fun and charming and really leaning on the great secondary characters yeah where it doesn't take itself too seriously um i think i think that's where this show on the rare occasion that it has sean uh sean's the brightest yeah. <laughs> Okay, the best scene for me was when Claire and Frank are running towards each other. Mm, see, Craig that's... Craig Yeah, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Okay. Anyway. Uh, worst scene? Uh, I mean, that's the thing about season one, what I've... Going back and watching it again, is like there are no like truly cringeworthy scenes. And there's no scenes that are which, like, what is the point of yeah, this? Yeah, like it's... That's what this, you know, like as it gets farther on, like every episode just has like a truly cringeworthy moment, um, usually multiple. Uh, but but this one, the, you know, the scene had uh, the sorry, the episode had no really cringeworthy scenes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess if I had to give a scene a worst grade. You know, I don't know. I, I don't either. I, I, I don't. I think that's the thing. These episodes are so beautifully directed and they're so well written and yeah. they're very well acted. So 
it, there's no there's no worst scene in yeah, this. Yeah, Every was, scene was necessary. Yeah, the worst. Yeah, the worst I can say about any scene in this episode is that it was fine. You know, or move was existing. But there was not one scene where it's on. like, why are you showing this? As in, uh, as opposed to like, right? Like even their forest sex romp there um, is like, you know, usually I'd be like, oh, forest sex romp, but it's like. That was huge because they get attacked and it's the first time Claire kills a man. Exactly. Like there yeah. was, the, you know, there was motivation for it. Mm-hmm. Like, was it weird that they just in the middle of the day in between like lunch and whatever comes after lunch, they decided to just go around the corner and start banging in the middle of the valley? Yeah. But whatever. That's what this show is. Um <laughs> And that two guys in the middle of fucking nowhere just happened to walk up out on them after Jamie in the middle of the night during like a deep-throated fucking Rupert story does not hear these two gun-wielding buffoons. Yeah. He was, he was busy. He was busy. But I'm just saying like at least it was motivated. And I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So that's the end of the episode that was very exciting yeah that was really exciting thank you so much for doing another podcast with me joe my pleasure the pleasure was mine um who knows maybe we'll do another one what's what happens in the next episode well how long until we get to the one where jamie gets captured and there's like lavender oil and weirdness <laughs> that's the last that's that, last... that the end i remember that <laughs> that's last... burned into my memory <laughs> I forgot that it was lavender oil, but you were so disturbed. By I mean, that was an intense scene. You left, by the way. If if people don't know this about when I watched that scene with my wife, I don't know if you if anyone knows the scene I'm talking about. Of course, everyone knows those but scenes. But like, Megan just fucked off. She left. She's like, I can't watch this. And then I sat to sit there and watch Jamie get hand nailed and lavender oiled and greased up and plowed down and all the stuff that happened in that one anyway my wife just fucked off anyway that's it i get i'm a sensitive viewer and i (laughs) care about the characters and it was too much i i watched a lot of it but there i didn't i didn't leave you did you left the damn room i didn't leave i might have just walked away for a second just to disassociate because i find that those i find violence very upsetting fair but anyway so okay so that's at the end of this season. Right. And right Spoilers. now, <laughs> so we're, this, this was episode eight and the episodes that you're referring to are episodes 15, oh Wentworth, God. and 16, To Ransom so a Man's Soul. Pretty good chance we'll never make it there. I mean, I'm thinking we do it again next week. We'll see what happens after Atlanta wraps up their final season. Maybe we'll come back and bang out a couple more season one recaps. Okay. We'll see. Use the expression bang, bang out, out a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm inspired by young Jamie. Uh, Anyway. Well, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Another episode of Loinlander Recap Edition is in the books. Thank you so much for joining us. Feel free to email us at our email address or wherever else you find us. And let us know if you want us to do some more. Yes. Have a great night. See you later.